Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, Samantha. Yeah. Here's my question. We've mm-hmm. discussed before... We are runners. Yeah. <laughs> I say that with quotes around mm. it, quotation marks around that, for me specifically. Yes, which actually we're going to talk about a little bit in this episode. But, okay, so it sounds to me like, you know, you've got a bit of a, it, it's not necessarily your favorite thing. And I'm just curious how and why you got into it. Right. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. But essentially, I needed a stress reliever when I was working mm-hmm. with the Department of Family and Children's Services because all I actually did was sit and eat fast food uh, because this job was so stressful and also mm-hmm. time-consuming. And also because I pretty much got paid less than minimum wage, I couldn't afford gyms. They're right. freaking expensive. Yes. Um, and at that point, I was more in the suburban areas of Georgia, so of course limited in that as well. So mm-hmm. my only other option was running. And so walking around the neighborhood and walking, I like it, but I would like going fast pace. And then yeah. I love good music. So having that paired motivated mm-hmm. me to start running. And then I needed goals. So the way yeah. I actually ran, truly ran, I uh, my first race was the Peachtree Road Race. And I did yeah. that race. And then after I did that race, I kind of got addicted to the racing component. Yeah. Well, the virtual race for that is this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. What's your some of your go to songs on your playlist? What are you listening to? Oh my goodness. Uh, I have a lot of hip hop on there. Obviously, That's that, a that, me. that 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 is my go to, and it keeps me going. Um, I'm trying to think. I would have to go back through the list. I think the first song, but you know what? I have some Taylor Swift on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it got me motivated. I have, uh, let's see, the Donnas. 
I'm pulling up my list right now, just so y'all know. Um, oh, okay. We're getting the I'm, official. Like giving, you, giving you a serious rundown. <laughs> it's been a very long time, though, since I've even pulled up that list. So uh, yeah. thanks yeah. for the reminder, uh, Annie. I live to, I live well, to remind yeah, you of yeah, things yeah. you don't want to be reminded yeah, I'm like, oh, remember that song? Yeah, but it's very outdated now. What about mm. you? Uh, so I've told the story before of how I got into running, but briefly, because I don't know if I've told you, Samantha. Um, I was a really active child, and I ran a lot for sports, but I wasn't, like, running necessarily um, until college. And I, you know, it embarrasses me to say, but it's true. There was a guy I wanted to impress. Mm. And um, we're on my campus... There, we played a game called Humans versus Zombies, which from what I understand, they still play, although I'm sure during this pandemic they don't, and it might feel weird afterwards. But it was like this running game where you, as a human, you wore these bandanas to demarcate which one you were, human or zombie, and zombies could turn you into human. It was like tag. Okay. Um, but I got really fast because of it. Like, I, I did uphill sprints to get faster. I wanted to be really good at this very dorky game, and I got really good at I it. I bet. Um, and then after that, it just became something that I did because we played it. I played it every year and I just never, never stopped until our recent quarantine times. And today's book we're going to be talking about has made me miss it so, 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 so much. Yeah. Um, but I have two playlists for running. I have one for shorter, faster races and I have one for longer races. The one for longer races has over a thousand songs on it and some of them are really slow songs that I think people would be really annoyed at. But I like them. I like you get in that state of mind where you're just thinking about things and then some dramatic soundtrack song comes on. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I get really into like the beats per minute and what song and what songs are at this beat per minute that'll make me run at this pace. Oh, it's the whole thing. Yeah, it's really good. I know for a while I tried to listen to podcasts, uh, mm. but I would actually have conversations with myself and or mm-hmm. laugh out loud while running, and I thought that was a little too much while running on things like the Beltline. Yeah. Uh, and then I also tried the zombie running app. Have you yes. tried that one? Uh, yes, I love I that. I got like all oh, the way to the end. I would die every time. Within the first five minutes, I died. <laughs> I'm like, well, son of a bitch. So I quit that one real quick. I never died, but it gets really sad. Like some of the characters you get attached to die and you're like, oh no. Yeah, you have to pick this up. You have to go over here. You have to do this. And then it tells mm-hmm. you, oh, zombies right there. Oh, you died. Mm-hmm. It's called Zombies Run for anyone who's interested. <laughs> it's very fun. <laughs> I like it. Uh, and yeah, I know a lot of you listeners listen to this very podcast or other podcast when you run and I love that. Um, oh, so if you're running right now, get it. Proud of you. Get it. We're, we're proud of you. We're rooting for you. Uh, speaking of listeners, this episode, this book that we're talking about today was a listener suggestion from Carrie. So thank you, Carrie. Good suggestion. And yes, yes. Because we're t- today we're talking about the 2017 book, A Beautiful Work in Progress by Myrna Valerio, who I actually met at um, a We Hike to Heal event, which Samantha and I discussed way back when in our trauma series. And we got to interview the people who created yes. that organization, which was really great. Uh, I was very jealous. I wanted to meet her, but I ended up having to work, I think, and I couldn't come. Yeah. It was a beautiful event. Um, so Mirna also runs the, uh, and yes, that was a pun. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, the blog, Fat Girl Running. And in both these mediums, she delves into her experience entering 
the world of running, and particularly trail running, as a Black, fat woman in traditionally white, skinny spaces. She's in her 40s, and she keeps a slow pace. Other things that don't fit the stereotypical mold of what we think of when we think of a runner, necessarily. But she is absolutely an athlete doing the work. And existing in these places publicly is important to her. So she can break down the idea of what athletes, quote, should look like and motivate others who aren't used to seeing someone who looks like them in these spaces. In 2018, Mirna was named National Geographic's Adventurer of the Year. So congrats on Mm. that. And she's been featured in and written for all kinds of publications, from Women's Running Magazine to BuzzFeed. She also gives speeches and holds retreats. Which I would love to be a part of those too. Um, Yeah, so the plot largely revolves around her path to becoming a runner, an ultra-marathoner, which I'm like, wow, I cannot believe Mm -hmm. that. The idea of going beyond half a marathon to me, or half marathons, was too much. Uh, the stories I've heard from that was too much for me. So that's amazing. And all the influences that motivated that decision and keep her going. She's obviously super impressive. And she's called the motivator for a reason, which is perfect for her, I think. Uh, Her persistence to put one foot in front of the other to keep going is beyond inspiring. And she's really honest in what this level of running requires, the way your body may react. She describes races she's run, key events from her life that helped make her who she was and successes and failures, although she frames them in a more constructive light. Yeah, which I got to say, I loved her take of, you know, maybe I didn't finish this race, but I completed 28 kilometers of whatever it was. Right. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it was actually really beautiful to to listen to her about when she didn't finish a race and talking about whether or not to go on to the next one and feeling embarrassed or feeling um, like she didn't accomplish it, but then thinking things through and be like, no, I did this much. And not only did I do this much, but I have to prepare for the next one and the next Mm -hmm. one. Like she never stopped, which I would have been like, no, I'm good. I'm good now. (laughs) Well, and I think it takes a really great strength to recognize, and this was something I never fully mastered, to recognize, you know what, I could keep going maybe, but I will really damage my body and I won't be able to do the next race. Right. To be able to respect your body in that way and listen to your body in that way, I think is fantastic and amazing and a skill in itself. And that is nothing to see. That's amazing, like, that you did that much. Um. And it was really cool to read for me because I've had a lot of similar experiences running that she has, which we're going to go into in a little bit. Uh, Minus the fact I've only run a marathon. I've never done more than that. And I put only in front of marathon. Marathon is still pretty good. Uh, Yeah. That's (laughs) 26.2 miles. So, yeah, you're fine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And to be honest, like to be completely honest, I've never wanted to do more than that. But I super respect people that do. Um, And a lot of the stuff she writes about is in Georgia. So I think both you and I, Samantha, recognize some of those places. And that was really cool. And she currently lives in northern Georgia, I believe. Does she? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Where in North Georgia? Because, you know, the book begins in East Ellijay, which is actually my hometown. This is where I grew up. I was like, wait. I don't know if I've ever seen Ella J mentioned in any national book ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I had a moment of pausing, in, like, what? What? And Rabin? Is that uh, No, that's Gilmer. Rabin County is farther up. I think that's where she lives, is Rabin. Okay, okay. She is in the mountains. She is in the mountains. I can say that for sure. Um, it feels so creepy to be like, this is where she lives. We never met her. But she says it in the book. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> she moves around there, a lot. So, and she also uh, travels a lot for racing, which again, yes. I I actually wanted to do that at one point in time. I wanted to go to each state and do a half marathon. Oh, wow. I made yeah. it to three. Oh, that's still, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think I've only done two. So you got me beat. Uh, Georgia, Florida. Uh, um, uh, yeah, throughout the book, there are themes of family, of friendship, the power of kindness, uh, the power of determination, the power of self-love. Um, and related to this episode, if you want, we've done past episodes on the feminism of running, of hiking, and uh, something called gym intimidation, which is basically being intimidated to go to the gym because of a lot of a lot of pressures put on women and how they should look. So those episodes exist. But I kind of wanted to take this moment, Samantha, and just talk about running okay. for a minute because it is something that I do love and I absolutely miss, but I also kind of don't. There was a part of me that was like, wow, you can't run now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really did need the break. I've talked about before I turned running into kind of a really bad coping mechanism. Um, so I just wanted to talk about why we like running and, or why perhaps we don't like running. So one thing that comes up a lot in this book is Mirna having these moments of just absolutely hating what she's doing and questioning why she's doing it. But then kind of coming back to herself like, no, I chose to do this. I signed up to do this. I trained for this. And I can relate to that so hard (laughs) of having those moments of like just absolutely hating running, especially when you're like far away from your home and you know the only way to get back is to either continue running, keep a walk, which will take forever, or heaven forbid, call a lift or something and have to explain your situation, (laughs) which I have had friends do. And just thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this to myself? And I don't know. I just, I just really love it. I love how it makes me feel strong. I, I love like this feeling, which I haven't had in a long time, by the way, because quarantine. But of like when you take the steps two at a time, and your thigh muscles just feel so strong. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I love how you feel afterwards. Like, um, well, for me, I feel like I can solve any problem, and I feel totally rejuvenated. Sometimes I would send emails after work after I'd run, and people mm-hmm. would be like, "Are you drunk?" And I'm like, "No, I just run, man." Right. <laughs> um, and then I would do things like I wake up at 4 a.m. on weekends and I would drink terrible coffee because I just needed the caffeine. Mm-hmm. And I'd run anywhere from 10 to 20 miles. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that for years. Ugh. But all that being said, it took a long time for me. Like if you had asked me, even like three years ago, I wouldn't have said I'm a runner necessarily. Right. Um, and it took a long time for me to claim that or to think of myself as an athlete. And like I said, I played a lot of sports as a child, but when puberty hit, uh, and boys got all weird about naming girls' boobs after states, uh, I was too self-conscious about my body. What? (laughs) This didn't happen at your school? This isn't like a universal? No. So you you would get a nickname based on, well, like while you were running, based on the like mountainous of the state of how big your boobs were. Um, Maybe it's because I didn't run in high school, but what? Oh, that happened in yeah, middle school, man. Okay. <laughs> it's younger than that. <laughs> it was awful. It was embarrassing. There's definitely a big gap between your age and my age, but okay, I'm going to have to chew Process. on that for a little bit. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
And I thought I was too chubby for sports, so that I was too weak for them. I wasn't good enough. Uh, yeah, and it, it wasn't in full, until a few years ago, I was buying a new pair of running shoes, and the salesperson was asking me how many miles I ran a week. And she was like, oh, uh, so you're pretty much running a half marathon every weekend, after I told her. And I just blinked at her for a moment, kind of shocked, because I'd never thought of it that way, because I wasn't doing races. I was just running. Mm -hmm. I was just running. And I wasn't a runner, right? But she was she was correct. I, I was I was doing that. And before you yell at me, I know that's not healthy. I was really bad at tapering. I was really bad at taking breaks. As I said, it was a skill I did not pick up and I paid the price for it. Yeah. Um, and this is something the book absolutely touches on, on the this disconnect between how an athlete should look and even perform and the reality of the wide variance of what we do look like and what constitutes an athlete. There are so many things I've done that I never thought I would be able to do. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would be like, nope, never going right. to run a marathon. And that thought, I'd heard it from other people and I internalized it and it held me back, absolutely right. held me back. Yeah, I do love that she not only talks about that within running, but she talks about it in her career, her love of music, her love of literature, like this mm -hmm. already biased towards her. And obviously she doesn't know these things. And then she also talks about that when meeting her husband. <laughs> she kind of flipped <laughs> that on him. She's like, oh, he's never read this book. And then he did. She's yeah. like, well, damn, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. love that she does talk about those perspectives being broken and those uh, stereotypes being broken and she just did it her way. She did it what she loved. And again, her she, she talks about the insecurities that she had and people being judgmental, but the support group that she had that pushed her even better. Like, I, I love mm -hmm. all of those. Um, as for running, I was the same way. I am definitely the person who is all or none. So if I'm not the best at it, I'm not going to do it. That was my mentality all growing up. And that's a lot to do with my uh, inability to try because of my self-worth, self-esteem, and automatically assuming I can't do this. So running was one of the things of like, why can't I do this? This is, yeah. this is the easier one. Like, instead of rock climbing or instead of like... For some reason, it was a huge thing uh, while I was in college for people to do trapeze workouts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not something I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good without that. Um, but I didn't start running, like you said, until a lot later, um, partially because me being chunky and thick, I didn't want, I was too embarrassed to work out because I didn't mm -hmm. want people to judge me for being too big to do workouts, mm -hmm. which is, you know, this is a narrative that we have seen, whether it's uh, people bullying people at gyms, as we talked about in the previous episodes or has been talked about in previous episodes. It's that same narrative that you allow to perpetuate in your mind that stops you before beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, when I was in uh, defects and going through all of the stress and emotions and the triggering and the PTSD, I had to do something and I could not afford all of these things. And uh, realizing that maybe if I put money down for a race that's six months ahead, I could do it. Maybe yeah. I can do this. And that was kind of the whole thing. I actually was motivated by race by race by race. So I did a lot of 5Ks, a lot of 10Ks, uh, uh, several half marathons. I couldn't go beyond that, which I've never ran more than, I think, 16 miles. So for you to do what you did every weekend, yeah, girl, I don't know how you're standing. That's... <laughs> seems impossible uh, because I know a lot of people do run, but they also know to take breaks. They have to because their body will just um, collapse a lot of the times. But all that to say, this, the one time that I did, ran the 16 miles because I got lost, 
And I was very <laughs> miserable. And the last three miles was me pretty much walking, trying to figure out yeah. where the hell I was. I didn't have my phone on me, I don't think, that day for mm-hmm. some weird reason. Mm-hmm. Or I did, or it died. Yeah, it died because uh, I was oh, too far away. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so all of those things, I didn't have my wallet on me. I didn't have anything on me because I just go. My whole thing is take a key, be as you know less as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. So that long run, that was hell. Like that was probably the most <laughs> miserable. But I loved that because afterwards, I counted my miles in donuts. That's how I would say it. So I'm like every uh, mile, one donut. Every mile, one donut. So nice. I would tell people I could have six donuts now. After I do a half marathon, I'd be like, I, I can have 13 donuts now. Like it's kind of that <laughs> thing. But I also uh, was like a high for me too. I remember I finished mine in Baltimore. I was in Baltimore, D.C., but they, uh, my friends picked me up after I finished the race, and I was blabbering like I was high the yeah. entire oh, time. Yeah. I could not stop. Um, and I think also because I had my best time there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I did it. Um, yeah. That was something to accomplish. But yeah, it's also hate it because being motivated, trying to get myself motivated is part of the hardest parts. And then yeah. in Georgia, it's kind of rough... Uh, the landscape. I did one oh, yeah. 5K. It was only a 5K, but it was so hilly that mm-hmm. it was one of the hardest races I'd ever done. And mm-hmm. my friend who was with me, and I had gotten her to start running with me. Um, this was her first race. She was cursing me the entire way there. <laughs> yeah. And afterwards would not talk to me for 30 minutes. Because yeah. I had no idea. And after that, every time I'd suggest a race, and she did, she did it too. And she loved, she wanted to come back after she actually... Uh, started yeah. running. Uh, she was like, I'm not letting you trick me into this. And she would look at every race I would suggest to see the yeah. hill points before she would say yes for me. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny because uh, in the book, Mirna's friends did that with her too. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a trick. Yeah. <laughs> what you're trying to do. <laughs> so angry. I'm so angry with you. I started laughing. Yes. I was like, yep, nuts. And I did. I was like, that. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of friends into running races and experienced the same thing. Um, and also just to say, like, there is an interesting juxtaposition because I too, like, there ca- there came a point, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, where I did start experiencing um, health problems because I was running too much. And I really wanted to stay fit, but I was trying to find alternatives to running. And there are absolutely alternatives out there that are free, but I too did not have the the kind of money and time for a gym because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything like super close that I was interested in. And running is free, but then once you start like doing these kinds of things, you got to pay for the race, you got to pay for the shoes. Right, right. Um, so there is, and we talked about that in our episode on running, there is certainly a level of privilege there. Absolutely. Um, but it is, if, before that point, in theory, mm-hmm. free. Right. Hopefully you have something near, if it's something you want to do, also you need to live in an area where you can run, um, which not everyone has access to. Mm-hmm. But all I have to say, I have more thoughts on running. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member FDIC. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So I did want to run through a real quick list of things that I connected to in this book that I thought was great because like we said, she's so open in this book Mm -hmm. about like the things that happen to your body when you run. Right. (laughs) Especially for long distances. One is chafing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. When she wrote about that, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because I remember explaining to my friends once they kept telling me, oh, this is such an embarrassing story. But they were like, please take a shower. And I was like, I got to build up to it. I got to build up to it. And they were like, why? And I was like, the chafing. <laughs> it's going to be painful. Yeah, I remember when I tried to figure out what was happening um, in certain spots of my body. I was like, "What? why is that raw? What's happening? What's happening? And then finding that there are actual products. Like when you go to the expos yeah. before races, they're like, oh, that's what that's for. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole new discovery. And she kind of talks about that, finding the equipment that she yeah. needs to be successful. But yes, yeah, definitely after you go through all of these things, you're like, oh, yeah. I may need that. Yeah. And I once, this has never happened to me before or since, but once I ran a half marathon in a white t-shirt and I, listeners, I got the bloody nipples. Did you really? You. Yeah, and I, I I can't explain why or how. It's not like I'd never not run that distance in that sports bra, mm-hmm. but for whatever I reason, never know the heat, the humidity. It does remind me of the uh, office episode where he's yes. only running like uh, half a half k yes. essentially. He eats the, the fettuccine before. No, no, no. It's uh, Andy. Andy. Andy, who's yeah. like putting the thing everywhere on him because like I had shape and da, da, da. And then he still ended up being yeah. bloody. He's like holding the shirt way yeah. out. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Uh, my co-host over at uh, Saver, Lauren, was there and another friend of ours. And they were like, uh, do you have another shirt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, another thing they talk about, she Uh talks about in the book, is plantar fasciitis, which I also have. Yeah. um, Which is incredibly painful Mm -hmm. and hard to get rid of. But basically, it's like the arch of your foot. Painful, yeah. Just hurts. It just hurts. Um, 
Also, she writes about a time she fractured her ankle running, and this also happened to me during a trail race. Yeah, and I finished run. the race. It was like five miles. And then I went to work for two days after that. And then I couldn't fit my foot in my shoe anymore. And my mom made me go to the hospital. Right. And then I got fired from my job. Well, damn. <laughs> it was a rough week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, every time I think about trail running, I, whenever I would do hiking, like intensive hiking, at least once every few trips, I would sprain my ankle. Like to the point that I've yeah. always carried a bandage, an ace bandage with me because I've done it so much. My partners, people who would go with me would be like, my God, how <laughs> clumsy are you? So as much yeah. as I love trail running because it's better for your knees and all of that because it's not concrete, that danger for me, I was like, nope, nope, I don't, I don't want to roll down a hill and die. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been something that's stayed with me now and I'll just get... I don't know if anyone else does this, but I'll have like, they're not premonitions, but when I'm down the, going down the stairs or something, I'll just have a flash of me falling down the stairs. Oh, I do that all the time. You know what I'm thinking with her falling and everything and all that. My, uh, I tried to and did sign up for uh, the uphill race. That's supposed to be the highest elevation in Georgia. But And there were stories upon people about having to chain themselves with each other to pull each other up to the top of the mountain because oh it's my so gosh. strenuous. Of a run, because oh. it's also dead winter. Mm, mm. And at the top, you get hot chocolate and chili, apparently. Oh, interesting. And a very nice, thick, uh, long sleeve shirt. And I signed nice. up for it, and I didn't do it, because I'm like, I, I, I can't. I'll die. <laughs> Sometimes you got to respect your, your boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, man, I would definitely roll down that hill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and in the book, she talks about some of the things that she had to do on these races that I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's dedication too. I just also love that she talks about being dead last and she talks about the DNF or yeah. do not finish and then dead yes. last or dead yeah, final last or something like that. Um, she curses in this one. But yeah. uh, I love that she was like, you know what, well, that's fine, but I finished it. And mm-hmm. I love that she takes that as a prideful moment because, yeah. you know, for everyone else, for so many people who's like, oh, I'd rather not do this if I can't be, you know, part of that. Right. But she, that does take more persistence to keep going. And it doesn't matter yeah. you're the last. You did it. Well, yeah. I, I love that too. It was a really refreshing point of view. Um, and one of the reasons she loves this is because it's outdoors and it gives her this time to think and... Meet uh, bears. Meet bears. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've seen some bears on my runs for sure. Um Yep, she also talks about runner's knee and hip problems, which I too have. I have so many hip problems. Uh, My runner's knee, I've been in physical therapy for years. Um, She talks about the runner's runs, which is one of my greatest fears, which is diarrhea, by the way, if you don't know. And like the importance of planning out what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat it. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, Georgia. It was really cool hearing about that since this is our neck of the woods. Um, And it is... Being outside is a big part of it for her, and it is for me, too. Um, I used to give myself these, like, really tough problems to try to solve. I almost never solved them um, on long runs, and I would just get lost in thought and 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 that feeling of moving through nature. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I do miss it. Um, yeah, she also craves the challenge of the outdoors. She likes the weather and the creatures, the bears. Um, and she's running into about... She's running about all kinds of uh, climates, 
environments, deserts, mountains. She's run into problems like storms, mud, cacti, non-functioning headlamps in the dark, all kinds of things. But she does keep persisting. Right. Um, I love her tales when she does it like these different things, whether it's people intervened and helped her or she mm-hmm. just really hoped for the best. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hope for the best. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like when we were talking about uh, doing the races and for her to come to the mountains of Georgia, when I went to high school in LJ, Georgia, there was not a single black family in that mm-hmm. area. And for her mm-hmm. to come and race uh, in a strange mm-hmm. place with, I think just was it, she was with a friend, right? And it seemed like she had mm-hmm. met up with a lot of people that she met up online or, or talked to the community. Um, doing this is such a challenge, like trying to do this on my own in areas I know I couldn't imagine. But her going as a black woman into an area that is very, very backwoods for yeah. all intent and purposes, uh, that's in itself like, wow, mm-hmm. I, I, that alone would have made me say no. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I respect her so much for, um, she does make these friends and she, like, over Facebook groups that they meet up at these events. and That's talent. It is. It, it really absolutely is. is. Um, so something else, so thank you very much, listeners, especially listeners who don't run, hate running, whatever, for letting us geek out about running for a second, because it is a huge part of this book. Right. Um, but we also wanted to talk about another theme, are themes that are kind of related, um, which are body positivity, fat positivity, and self-love, which is huge in this this work. And uh, she really, she's really open with her experience of being judged. Like it's throughout the book, whether it's her buying the shoes or whether it's entering the race or training for races, um, as though she can't possibly be athletic because of her size, going so far as strangers calling her out online for being a liar. And I love the line she talks about. She's willing to go through with these trolls. You know, Mm -hmm. she talks about that and doesn't care because she loves it for herself. Um, But people making assumptions about her diet, about her health, which she points out is bizarre and absolutely is bizarre. Uh, She also highlights several resources that we've mentioned before, like healthy at any size. And, And yeah, I think she's just amazing. She's in shape as hell, like, and getting it Mm -hmm. done, like, getting more done than I have ever in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, we we have talked about before how bizarre it is that people feel feel comfortable enough to call out your health based on your size, and and I know she talked about, and she loves food, and she she's very open about, you know, I love eating healthy food, but I also love eating fast food, and, you know, I feel like it's pretty balanced, but people, I think she did an article on some home-cooked meals she'd done for one of these uh, websites and people were just like yelling at her for it. Wow. It's like, why? Why? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, why do people think they can interject their anger for something someone else is doing for herself? Like, mm-hmm. and she talked about loving pizza. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, I would eat pizza. That used to be my uh, pre race food. No, yeah. post race food. Maybe my post race yeah, food. Yeah, I yeah. loved it and craved it every time. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah, me too. And it was really, really refreshing to hear from someone writing about loving themselves despite the rigid Western beauty standards. Um, While losing weight was a part of her initial push to start running, it was all around health. That's why she originally started doing it. And that was pretty refreshing too. When you read about what she's accomplished and how powerful her body is and how thankful she is for her body, it's just a breath of fresh air. I, I, at least, am so used to people writing about, like, I could do better... Um, dealing with, grappling with um, self 
self-loathing or self mm-hmm. self-hatred. And to hear someone just be like, no, my body is is doing, it's getting me through these things. It's there for my son. It's there for me. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I love it. Um, there's also power in making that choice of choosing to make your health a priority when I feel like we are constantly barraged with this message of you are not perfect and you're not worth it, so don't even try it. Right. Um, and she dismisses the notion that to be a runner or to be an athlete at all, you have to look a certain way. She knows she doesn't fit the stereotypical profile of a runner, a cross-country runner, an ultra runner. She knows that a lot of times when people see her, they see a, quote, fat girl running, which is where the name of her blog comes from. Right. And as we talk about her saying uh, fat girl, this is all per her. <laughs> yes. This is the label she has used. Obviously. And so uh, we did want to read a couple of uh, excerpts out of the book. Uh, she, she writes, quote, uh, this body is fierce, beautiful, and unapologetic. It's meant to move through the world as it wishes, lifting, walking, and running, rolls and all, love handles, bouncy boobs, curves, tummy, butt, back fat, and all. Yes. And then she's also been obviously interviewed in a lot of uh, publications, like we said. So in one interview, she she wrote, my body shape and size is not an asset for fast running, but the fat that I have on my body is definitely helpful in terms of endurance. I can run, bike, and walk forever. I face some criticism, but it's usually from people who are negative about everything. The sport is largely very inclusive. If you look at any race, you'll see a range of bodies, tall, short, big, small, fat, whatever. Those bodies are out there doing their thing. And even if you don't have what's considered a typical, quote, runner's body, you can do it too. Um, and then when uh, I did the We Hike to Heal event, the leaders of the event had his journal, A Body Promise, where we wrote down ways we weren't kind to our body, ways we were thankful to our body, and how we could be better to our body. And it was a really powerful exercise. I still think about it to this day. And it did give me a new respect for how kind of dismissive I, I was being of of the things I could do. Right. It was nice. I think, yeah, the between the women from We Hike to Hill and uh, Mar- Myrna, the conversation is that we should be grateful to our bodies. I remember specifically during our interview with them, how they talked about the fact that we need to take time and say thank you for getting us out of the bed, for walking us to our car. Like all of these things, just to have a process of acknowledging that as much as we wish to change everything, how much our body does for us. And that was that whole conversation Myrna has within this book as well. It is such a beautiful concept and, and trying to remind myself, and I know, Annie, you too, throughout all these awful times, the small things such as just walking, just moving, just breathing, we should be grateful into our bodies for <laughs> doing these functions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's something else we should be grateful for, and that's strong women. Right. We're going to get into that, but first we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And she writes a lot about the toll of being the bedrock of a family, of taking care of others. Um, Something she saw and marveled at in her mom, but also saw the physical impact it had on her. By the way, I feel like we're going to address this soon enough, but I've seen that so often placed on women, just the impact of caring for other people's families or within your own family and beyond yourself. And for her, eventually... uh, herself when she had a health scare that turned her life around. And she talked about the panic attacks, which she thought was a heart attack. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that is such a scary, scary uh, perspective to have and to try to figure out what is going on within yourself. Yeah. And all of that stuff is compounded by... Cause she goes through her family and so a mm-hmm. lot of her family did have these like stress-related illnesses that led to their death mm-hmm. um, at, at a pretty young age. And, and that is compounded by issues of, of race and of gender and of class. Um, because, you know, there, with the food you can afford based on where you are and the jobs you have and all of this can compound and just build up. And it is stressful. And we, we do see that toll, physical toll on your body. Um, and something else we've talked about before is this whole idea of selfless. Uh, and that being a moral quality, especially as it applies to mothers, and how damaging that can be of never taking the time for yourself. And that's a good thing. Right. And then your body will suffer for that. Right. And your, and your um, mental health as well. Um, and so throughout this book, we see the power of strong, supportive women and the importance of that support. Um, So many friends and family members had the author's back, offering words of support, the motivation she needed, the push she needed. And strangers too, I loved that. I loved how Mm -hmm. many times she had an instance with a stranger who's like, hey, are you all right? What do you need? I'll go get it for you. (laughs) It was just really refreshing. And she not only motivates herself, she motivates others in her life too. Uh, From the students she teaches to the people who follow her blog, people who follow her on social media, uh, to people who see her training or at races. Um, She forms a bond with people 
usually women at the back of the pack, um, and they call themselves the turtles. I love I that. Love. I love that. Uh, but don't get it wrong. She's also <laughs> competitive, uh, but is often able to see the success in what she herself is accomplishing. I love that. She's not looking at everyone else. She's looking at what her uh, goals are um, at the back of the pack sometimes, last. And she inspires, obviously, a lot of people because of that, because she doesn't quit, because she keeps moving forward. Even if she doesn't finish, she'll be at that next race trying harder. Yeah, yeah. And like even the, the few times she does kind of compete with others, um, it's still much more about herself and right. trying to prove this to herself. And and that's something I've talked about what I do is I'll pick someone. Me too. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going right. to pass you. <laughs> There's always sometimes that I one do, person. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> There's always that one person I'm like, I'm going to do better than you. I'm going to mm-hmm. beat you because you have a mm-hmm. stupid shirt on because it says something dumb on it or racist or sexist. <laughs> I'm going to beat you. I usually pick based on color, which is... Uh, of the shirt. Well, yeah, if it's bright, because then yeah. I know I can see it in the yeah. crowd. So it has nothing to do usually with the person. Also, I try to pick someone that's reasonable. I think that I can pass them. Because one time I picked somebody, I was like, there was no way. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that about kids. I'm like, I can beat oh. you. Oh, no, I can't beat her. She, that little oh, 10-year-old that just burn? passed me four times now. <laughs> you're, it's, it's a good feeling because you're like, good for you, kid. But you're also like, I don't like you, kid. <laughs> Quit using your youth against me. Yeah. Well, there was a teacher at my high school whom I loved, Mr. Cup. Um, and he was like 70, mid-70s. And I ran a race with him once in high school. And Lord help me, he lapped me so many times. And he did it. He looked like he did it in a way that looked like he wasn't even running. Right. Like he was oh, in a slow those jog. Those people. But he was passing me. And he was yes. smiling. He would say something to me. And <sighs> Mr. Cup, but good for you, Mr. Cup. <laughs> anyway, all this to say, um, you can do hard things, which is a callback to one of our earlier books we did in book club, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, yeah, uh, it, nothing that Myrna did was easy, but she did it, and she continues to do it, and she continues to inspire. And um, it was a joy to read it did make me very much miss running in the outdoors and hiking. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I had a dream about it after reading said <laughs> book. You? Yeah, about I need to get up. I need to go run. I, I got to go run. <laughs> I think I had too. I think I've been dreaming about it too. Um, so thank you again for the suggestion, Carrie. And we keep those suggestions coming. What should we read next? Ooh. Email us. Let us know. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.